Hello and welcome to another episode of the Views from the Holgate podcast. My name is Don Brown. This time, just joined by Alex Royal. Mitch couldn't make it today, but thanks for joining me again, Alex. How are you? Yeah, I'm fine. Thanks, Don. Pleasure to be on as always. Hope you are well too. I am fine. Thank you very much. And it's good stuff. Coming to you uh, halfway through or two thirds of the way through Borough's week of death, really, because after the national break, it was said that this is the season, this is the week, sorry, that's going to make or break Borough's season. Uh, two really tough fixtures down, one tough fixture up ahead. Uh, obviously, Borough recently, the most recent game was a 1-1 draw with second place Watford. Stopped their uh, run of winning games, 100% record over the over the recent games with a one-all draw. Um, so obviously, Borough, we went behind early on, didn't we? We conceded a goal. Quite contentious, a Zinkenackle goal that was shot, deflected off, off Saar, went in. Um, but then no one dominated the game really into the second half. And then towards the end of the game, Borough got the leveller through uh, Paddy McNair free kick, headed home by Yannick Balassi, his first league goal in English football since 2018, mid-2018 it was. And it was good to see him get on the score sheet for Borough as well. Obviously, then earlier on, uh, on Good Friday, Borough lost 3-1 on the South Coast to Bournemouth, which is losing to Bournemouth in recent games hasn't. It's something we've like come across a lot, really. I feel like they're becoming a bit of a bogey team for us, but we'll focus on the Cherries in a little bit. Um, one, 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 one draw. Uh, the guys on Sky TV seem to think that was a pretty even game and a pretty uh, deserved scoreline for it to be one all and the, the points to be shared. What did you make of the game when you watched it? I mean, I, I, mean, I thought it was it was a it was obviously a tight game. It was I mean, I think Watford obviously they came up with um sort of a game plan to obviously try it just not I think I think I think they'll have obviously wanted to win the game given given the streak we've been on, but I think mm-hmm. the mindset um was more to sort of come up here and avoid defeat. Um but yeah, no, it was a it was a fairly uneventful game. Um obviously their goal. First of all, like when you first saw it, you think, oh, it's the offside. Then you realise that Jed Spence has, well, not just Jed Spence, but Daniel Fisher have playing him about five yards on, on side. So, yeah, yeah, obviously the goal the goal was avoidable um, because, you know, there's that. But also the, claim, the original claims from Mark Bowler coming straight back out, um, you know, that's obviously an avoidable thing as well. So yeah. I think on the face of it, you know, it's getting the equaliser of a one-one. It was probably, I think it's always probably a fair result in the end. Yeah. But I must, I must admit, I didn't, I was, I wasn't too impressed by what the sort of obviously everyone's been saying, are oh, they this brilliant side that have won however many on the bounce? I mean, I thought, thought we were a bit drab in all fairness. So, no. but you know, there's no, but there's no, but there's no shame getting a one-one against against a good team like them. No, I'd agree with you, yeah. And I definitely agree that the that their goal was avoidable. I, I didn't, just quickly before I got a bit more about it, what did you think of the claims for handball against the, the Watford players in Canagal? I didn't think it was, it definitely wasn't clear cut. No, I think I think it's one of those handballs that, you know, on another day would get given by a different ref. But I think if you're giving handball at every available opportunity for that, then, you know, mm-hmm. the, the game is just going to, not get into any sort of rhythm at all. So you know, I mean, I think, I think to be fair, it's not an intentional handball. So yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't I give think, that one. And if it, if it was against us, it'd have been annoyed, wouldn't you as well? 
yeah, of course. But you know, it's sort of decisions like that ebb and ebb and flow throughout. Yeah. So, but me, but my, my my point is, I think on a different day with different method, may have, may have got given against Zinchenko. But yeah. Yeah, well, you said about the clearance as well for that goal. Like it could be, it was avoidable. I thought we had at least three chances to clear the ball because Spence was like messing about with the ball, wasn't he? Like you were saying, you said he would play them on side, but he was messing about with the ball, didn't get rid of it, and got, got um, the ball taken off him in our half. Then Housen hooks the ball back into the box, and uh, then it uh, bounces about. Bettinelli, you can't really blame Bettinelli for that, but it's it's almost like. If it, I always go back to this with Borat. If it was Randolph, he'd saved it <laughs> because Randolph was one of the better goalkeepers we've had. But you think if you've got a goalkeeper who takes that ball, like manages to catch the ball in his hands there, that eliminates all the pressure. But he spills it back out into the danger area. Bowler hooks the clearance very, very badly with his right foot straight to Zinkanagalu, hits it, and then makes it say Fisher and Spence play him on side. So that's one of those goals where, like, if, if you conceded it with Woodgate as manager, you're like, oh. That's pretty bad. But with Warnock, it's like, hang on a minute. We're supposed to have a really good defence here. That I was supposed to have like a really tight ship at the back. And it just seems like that's such a schoolboy error to make at the back and not clearing the ball. Yeah, it's, it's, sort of basic, it's basic defending, really. And, you know, as you said, we've had three opportunities to clear the danger. And obviously, at the fight, I mean, the goal is as you said, slightly fortunate with the deflection, but, mm. you know, still to allow them, to, to allow Zinconagle to get the shot off after having sort of three separate opportunities to clear it is obviously very annoying. Yeah, I'd agree with you there. Obviously, uh, so the next thing I'll say to you is that, so obviously, Velasquez got his first goal for us. Uh, it's good to see, obviously, like, get him in the groove. If he once he's fully fit, he could be a really good player for us, I think, going into the rest of the season. But I think when he, the lineup was a bit, it raised an eyebrow almost because for the second game in a row, you didn't have like a recognised Borough striker. So there's no Sombolonga, Fletcher or Akpom playing up front. And I, I thought by watching it, having what more up front, obviously you're going for the kind of counter-attack, aren't you? But I think you couldn't, we, we missed that lack of like a centre-forward kind of player that you can either knock balls up to or then gets involved in the play because it was always, everybody was trying to do the same kind of thing running behind or whatever. And there wasn't really that space there with Watford's yeah, I mean, really good defence. But so did you rate Balassi's like, play when he came on and, and do, do you think we are missing that kind of number nine like they've got in Pedro? Yeah, sort of. Quiet. Like, so, like, so we haven't got a player who can who makes a nuisance of himself around defenders. Exactly like yeah. Joe Pedro. So, I mean, he's not, you can't play a long ball with him, but he makes runs, drags defenders out. So it does, does the things that probably go unnoticed mm-hmm. in terms of in terms of striker, but no, so if we we haven't got anyone like that, um, so obviously when Balassi came on, did it? And you know, I'm happy for him. It's it's well, his first goal in two and a half years in in English football. Let me yeah. Anyway, so yeah, I'm happy for him. I mean, I can't say I expect him to score a diving header from no from a from a free kick, but you know, I'm happy for him. It'll give him a conf- much much needed confidence boost. Um, but yeah, I think obviously going forwards, um, the issue we've got is Grit is leaving, Fletcher maybe leaving. Um, so that leaves Joe Blackbomb as the senior, only senior out now to strike with the club. And mm. if we're going to play the style of football Warnock wants us to play, 
And I mean, I'll give Neil a lot of credit. He's adaptable. He sort of tries to make the most of what he has rather than, you know, rather than like pure this was, you know, yeah, so yeah. fixated on keeping it tight, edging game. No, I mean, Warnock's got a bit of flexibility about him, which is which is never a bad thing. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, I think that's obviously going to be a massive, massive area the summer to get to. Get a striker, a striker in. Or, I mean, if, if Fletcher stays, then that's fantastic. But yeah. I think having him... And that Pong's the only two senior strikers at the club is not good at all. So I would, yeah, I'd look at bringing people in. Yeah, we, we mentioned this, didn't we, on that on the last podcast when we said about strikers because we do like to stick our twist, and we said like, well, even if Fletcher stays, we'd need one anyway, and if Fletcher leaves, you need two. So yeah. because Fletcher is going to be the most likely to do that kind of hold up play, kind of role because I mean. Brit, Brit didn't get involved. That's like in any in, in build-up play. I didn't feel like for the, this season, at least, maybe even going back the past few seasons. So it's like an Akpom is almost like the Nugent kind of striker, where he's always looking to go wide and in the channels and stuff. And that's just not how we're playing with this team, is it, at the moment? So it's like we'll need one anyway, and if we lose yeah. Fletcher, we'll need two. But just exactly. up on, there was a uh, I saw you tweet this uh, during the game, and I, I actually I was thinking, thinking at the same time. That you, there's you one goal down. Obviously, that we can't really blame the substitution because it made a difference and we got a point out with the game. But you sat there with like twenty minutes, half an hour left, and you're thinking, well, if we lose this game, there's not much to play for, for the rest of the season. Why wouldn't you like put on the pitch the uh, uh, your young striker on the bench? Give Josh Coburn a, a run out. Like he's a he's a big strapping lad, supposedly. Like the kind of it's probably why he's on the bench over like a, another striker, like. Burrell maybe who's been doing better for the youth team. You've got like a guy in the mould that he wants to put him in, stick him on the pitch. If he if he wins a few headers, gets a shot on target, you might think, hey, you know what, we've actually got something here. But then you're going into the next game still in the same position you were before, where you don't know what you've got in him. I'd, I'd like to see him giving a, giving a go out. I don't. I know you feel the same because you tweeted yeah. it. But what what do you think on that? Do you think he could have like actually proven something when he came on the pitch? I think you know. I mean, I'm. I'm not going to like you. I mean, I think playoffs have been a write-off for a long, long time. So I just, as far you know, I mean, I think as the games go on, they're gonna there's going to be less and less to play for in terms of you know what we've got. But you know, I just just think you know, young Cage, obviously Warnock, seen something in him to put him on the bench. You know, give him give him twenty minutes. You know, just just a little, a little cameo, just you know, see what he can do. And you know, there's no ha- there's no harm in that, considering you know when it's gonna we're not gonna we're not gonna win however met all however six or seven games we've got left. Yeah, we're not we're not gonna win all. No, yeah, yeah. However many games. So, as far as I'm concerned, we've got nothing to play for. So you may you may as well sort of just give give him 10, 15, 20 minutes. You know. Give him a bit of first team experience, and yeah, so it annoys me a little bit. But you know, obviously, Neil Neil Warnock um, gets paid to make the decisions, but Balassion and ultimately paid off. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, I think he'll I think he'll be one to look out for next season, and hopefully, in 
in the remaining games he does get a chance because in throughout the last four we're playing teams in the bottom three so they're not going to be easy games because they'll be fighting they'll be up for it yeah yeah so yeah fair enough I think it's a good point now I think like like yeah obviously the decision has paid off to bring Obelassi but if you're looking a bit more long term you might be thinking like right, okay then let's see what he's got but uh, another academy graduate that got some uh, some minutes against Watford at the weekend was uh, Hayden Coulson and he came on because Sam Marcy, unfortunately, um, was it, is it knee ligaments he's done and he's, he's out for the rest of the season then? Obviously, yeah. you, you don't want to see anybody get injured really, but Marcy's been quite good in that engine room in the midfield this year. What have you made of his first season? Uh, season for us, obviously, you signed him from Wigan. He's come on, played, like I thought he was going to be playing the role that, that, that Housen's come into now and, and Marcy's got moved a bit further forward and, and maybe yeah. the role he's not as... Comfortable with, but what have you thought? What have you made of his first season at the Riverside? Yeah, I thought, I thought, I thought, I thought he he started a bit slowly, and um, but you know that's not uncommon when you go to a new new team, new mm-hmm. town, new city, or whatever. Um, but no, he's he's grown, he's grown in, grown into his role pretty well. And I must admit, it's it's taken me a bit by surprise how advanced he's played. Because obviously the Marcy we saw at Wigan was the one who sat in front of the back four, broke up the play, covered it, covered where needs been. And you know, we're seeing sort of a different different side to Sam Marcy, a more prominent attacking well, not attacking, just a more advanced role, really. Yeah. Um, but I do think he is best as a six, sort of sitting in front of the back four, breaking up the play. Yeah, but no. If he's if obviously if he's happy playing playing where he is, then you can't really begrudge him. But I think I think he's been a sensible signing. Yeah, I think especially with the, the comments Warnock's made about not having leaders and stuff in that in that kind of midfield area, and it's I know we I remember in the summer we originally were going after Joe Williams, who was at Wigan as well. He ended up going to Bristol City, I think, didn't he? So we were yes. kind of missing that defensive midfield kind of option and we went for Marcy in the end who probably adds that bit more of the like, dressing room head kind of and I don't know Warnock still wants some more like level-headed lads in the um and all the lads in the uh in the team in the squad but I just think I think he's been a good addition maybe from that side of things but yeah like it's it's almost come about that we needed a different kind of midfielder to Marcy again and it's it's that Housen has, has surprised a lot of people by becoming like one of the division's best holding midfielders, really. Like, yeah. it, like Warnock's been saying how many like quality performances and stuff he's put in. So what, uh, Marcy have to go a bit further forward. And, and <laughs> the, the one thing that sums up Marcy's attacking um, like style or the, the way he's attacked this season when he's been playing in the more advanced role was against Norwich, where we had counter-attacks on against 10 men. Yes, we can finally get a point here. And he just looks like a fat lad from the pub who's just, yeah, just on, he's like, he on got, a full bucket and he just stumbles forward and <laughs> didn't even make the shaft, did he? Yeah, just he got in the final third and think, right, what on earth do I do now? Yeah, nosebleed. Like, yeah, but yeah, that was sort of but that that was the type of game Norwich was. So it was Mona obviously had a plan, it was to, you know, another five M. And you know, going back, I was actually quite annoyed that we sat back against 10 men, 
booked and that was two months ago that game's gone yeah and you'd have took you'd have took a point away at Norwich anyway but no it's not really relevant now yeah yeah well but it's obviously we're going to miss Marty now but like like I said Coulson came on for him and um, the Gazette today have been uh, publishing some stuff Warnock said about Coulson he said he's heaping the praise on him because he said oh we brought Coulson on and for the first five minutes he looked like a deer in the headlights but then eventually he, he did really well. He's not, he said he's never played in that kind of number 10 role before, but that's what they brought him on to do. Because I remember when he came on, I was a little bit like, hang on a minute, why on earth are the, why have we brought Coulson on if he's going to go play what looks like up front? Because he was yeah. like, he was chasing the defenders down. With, uh, yeah, I was. Yeah, and, and then they dropped Cabano to left wing back. I was like, hang on a minute, if you're bringing on someone to play left wing back, surely you bring on, I think Johnson was Johnson. on this, but yeah, 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 exactly. So, yeah, I'd have done I was, he, he did all right. I was, I was, yeah. Yeah, he was. Uh, he did what was asked of him. That's really what you want to see. I mean, I was. Yeah. I was a bit flabbergasted when I realised that he was coming on instead of Johnson. Yeah. Uh, for the role he was playing, but no, you've got to got to give him credit. He stuck st- stuck to his guns after he said a tricky opening five minutes. So mm-hmm. can't can't really go. Can't really fault him. No, there. yeah, that's fine. Are you um. What, I've not reacted to this before because I think Coulson was doing a lot better towards the end of, or like the before the uh, the pausing of the season last year. But Coulson obviously was doing was one of our better players, wasn't he, on the Woodgate? And I was a little bit like um, worried that, we, that he was just going to have to leave the club or something this year. I think we mentioned it last last uh, podcast that we might have to like loan him out or like sell him for a little fee and then get like a buyback clause or something if you, if you, in case he gets. Better, but do you think the midfield could be like a, a way forward for him, like it has been for Tav? Well, I think I think he's a similar case to Jed Spence. I think if you're going to play him, you need to play him as a winger rather than a wing back. Yeah, that's a fair. Because um, I think I think they both haven't got the the necessary defensive awareness to play the wing back role. Mm. Um, other, well, other friends and Suey, that you know that. That sort of type of role, because I mean, if you look at if you look at the the goal we conceded, obviously, you I mean you can't sort of fully blame Jed Spence because Dan Fisher was was obviously playing him on as well. But you yeah. know, it's just sort of that lack of awareness, nat- natural defensive awareness. You call yeah. it to sort of push up when the ball goes out, and I think I think if you are going to play him or and or Spence, then you, you play them as wingers rather than yeah. wing, wing or full-backs. I think the only problem with that would be that then I think, I don't really think they have the like attacking, like now sort of finishing ability really to be, especially Spence, like, that far forward. And Spence is even losing like, I know this is going off topic a bit, but the last thing I'll say about Watford, like the game, Spence is losing a bit of his like attacking abilities as well by the looks of it or the confidence in himself at least because... So many times in the past few games, he's like he's got the ball at his feet, and you're thinking, okay, just run at the defender, do like an armature, run to the byline and knock the ball back in. You've got the pace, let's utilize it. And against Watford, he he picked up the ball, like tried to cut back. The guy came at him, so they knocked the ball like past him, and he was in line with him. And I'm thinking, all right, try and cross the ball. Worst case scenario is that it hits the defender and we get a corner. Best case scenario, ball goes in the box, we create a chance, but. He just kind of like knocked the ball, like sudden the ball, tried to shield it. Don't know what he's going to do with it. And then he kicks the ball out of play for a goal kick. And it's like, you've just lost all your momentum there. 
Yeah, I, I mean, like... he just he looks devoid. Well, he looks lost, really. I mean, mm-hmm. I personally don't don't rate him that highly, but mm-hmm. he just looks like he hasn't got any belief in his own ability whatsoever. Shame for that, isn't it? Because obviously he came on my, on my last season. But let's hope maybe a little loan move for him might secure his confidence. Obviously, yeah. he, he might he probably won't get in the right back slot. I've got Dyke Steele and Fisher. Fisher. But he's he's still a good commodity to have, isn't he? If you wanted to play that kind of yeah, of course. Wing of course, or like you know, defensive having, wingers formation. Yeah, like of course having squad depth and competition for players is mm-hmm. very important too. Yeah. So. Fair enough. Uh, well, we'll we'll leave Watford there, shall we? And we'll move. Yeah. Or we'll move forward, but going backwards in time to the the Bournemouth game on Good Friday. Obviously, a three-one loss in that match. We conceded goals to Philip Billing, Dominic Solanke, and Jefferson Lerma. Three big signings for them. And I think the quality just kind of showed in that game, didn't it? Really, we conceded the three goals. What were um, what more? Gets a good little finish. Was right in the corner, but we weren't really in the game. We had, that was our only shot on target. That kind of uh, that game, and I think that their quality showed those three guys I mentioned. I did a little addition before we started here. Uh, 59.13 million pounds those three lads cost that scored the goals for them. Uh, and you think, but you think sometimes that we have an expensive bench when we've got Britt and Fletcher on the bench, but those guys just blow us out the water, really. What did you make of the game? Did you, I mean, I <laughs> what did you make of the game? There wasn't much to make because it was pretty bad, wasn't it? Yeah, it was it was a forget forgettable game from our our point of view, really. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but as you said, fifty nine million for the three lads to score. That's that's Premier League money. You know, and and obviously compared their squad to our squad, they that that's that's still a Premier League squad. I mean, he, I know obviously people like Callum Wilson have left, but yeah. they've still got people like Lerma, Dan Juma, who I must say has been looked very good under Woodgate since Woodgate's come back in. Mm-hmm. And so Dominic Salagny, you think what are these guys doing in the championship? You know, obviously I think a part of it was nobody really expected Bournemouth to go down. Yeah. Um you thought that for We'll find a way out of it, sort of stop up for another season because they'll become sort of a, t- a team like that, a yeah. bit, a bit like West Brom were for ages. You know, not never, never good enough to challenge for anything, but mm-hmm. you always know, have enough, enough the tank to stop up. Yeah. And yeah, again, sort of you're looking at the championship, the squads, sort of Ben Wofford knowledge by far got the best three squads in the division, and yeah, yeah. it was it was pretty pretty clear to see. On uh, on Friday, and obviously we got we got the glimmer of hope back with Watmore, but and obviously two minutes later they make it two one. So That's you know, it's it, yeah. Bit of, yeah well, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Get the goal back, you think? Well, yeah, we'll take the point here, and then yeah, all goes wrong. But, nah, but, yeah, but, yeah. But, uh, we haven't got a good record down there anyway. I mean, I think I can't. I, we have no idea but that's time we've won down there because the times mm. I've been and the times we've played them um, I think we've only drawn once and that was the, their first season in the championship which was a nil-nil and obviously yeah. season after they got promoted um, we just didn't turn up lost 3-0 yeah, right. and then I was, I was listening when I was yeah. listening on the radio when um, I was at, 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 at um, university like um 
I was looking at my university to go to and I just remember looking at my phone and being three nil down and I was like, oh great, like what a terror. Like we just it was one of those results, a bit like Watford in that year, where like yeah. the, the the Dwight T and Darley game, it was just like a non event really, wasn't it? You show yeah, up and lose. Just, yeah, we just we just didn't turn up at all, weren't at the race and then mm. through the Prem season, Gaston Gate, um getting himself sent off, just you know, just it's one of the one of these bogey teams for us. Um, but given the way we played against them earlier in the season, yeah, um, I was obviously, obviously quite optimistic going into the game. But obviously, they had a change of manager since then. Woodgate's come in, you know. Obviously, he's probably got better players to implement his woody ball style, yeah. uh, this high press stuff he bangs on about um, with their team than he did us. Um, so yeah, I mean, yeah, again, we want to forget, yeah. Well, on Woodgate, just quickly before we uh move on again, what did you like? Because I, I feel like he's, he's doing a good job for them, but I, I feel like I, feel, I can just imagine it all falling down if like they if they were playing in the playoffs in a big game or if he managed, managed to get them up. Like the defense would just be even worse than it was for Bournemouth under Eddie Howe. Like the, the the conceding to people like us and stuff in the championship, and they can't keep a defense. So I, I just can't see them doing well in the Premier League, especially when like your striker is Solanke, who's notoriously bad in the Premier League. Dan Juma might do well, but then if if he got like if he got swiped off you for someone like a Villa or just like a middling Premier League team. Then you're going to really struggle, aren't you? Because I think he's been like carrying him, like you say, he's been doing really well. So, what, yeah. do, you, do you agree with me there? Do you, do you think Woodgate would actually do well in the Premier League? I think, I think if he won, if if you're a football manager in any league, it doesn't matter whether it's the Tanzanian Premier League or the Championship or League One, you've got to be adaptable at your tactics. And I think, obviously. Woodgate wants to play this high-intensity pressing stuff mm-hmm. in the Championship, which is fine because, as you can see, it's been getting the results. But I think if they go up to the Premier League, it's you know it's a completely different all game. You know, you can't come out and play that style against teams like Man City, uh, the So they'll put they'll put put eight or nine past you. You know, it's yeah. been proven. In the past couple of seasons, they will just outscore you. So I think, you know, in order for Woodgate to be um, deemed successful, I do think he has to have a little bit of flexibility about him because um, he does seem very stubborn in terms of his approach. I mean, you could you could see it when he was in charge of us. You can see that his yeah. complete desire to play wing as a deep-lying playmaker mm-hmm. when we would all see his fans that it wasn't going to work, but he just kept insisting on it. Yeah. So, you know, there's there's that stubbornness there. So, I mean, I do think that he, will, he would get found out if they got them up. But to be quite honest, I don't think they will go up, I think. No, yeah, I agree. I, th- I think Brentford or Swansea will go up by the playoffs. Yeah. Top two are set now, essentially, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, well... No, John, you need number five points to go. So really, oh, fair enough. Um, well, before we before we uh, so in a sec, we'll look at like the Barnsley game coming up. Um, obviously that's the end of the 
a big week. And if we can get if we can, can get a win there, that's, that's four points out of the possible nine, which probably you, you just say is a good return. But before we do that, we did we've missed out one game because we didn't do uh, a international break podcast. We missed and looking back at the one 0 Millwall defeat, and we won't stay too long on it because it's ancient history now. Essentially, with Grant Hall's own goal uh, being scored in the thirty eighth minute, we. We actually dominated possession in this game. I say dominated, 56% possession for us. Like, is not really what I'd expect to see from a Warnock side. We had 40% against Bournemouth, obviously a better team, but I was surprised by that. But we just had zero cutting edge, didn't we, in that game? And I, I, I remember just booting the ball up long to their defenders to head away, totally playing into their hands. Um, yeah. What, like, If you remember the game, what do you make of that game? It was, it was just a boring game all round, you know. I mean it was it was it was a game that neither neither team deserved to win to be fair, you know. And like you said, so now once we went one nil down, we just went hoof ball, hoof ball, hoof ball. And you know, when you've got players like Jake Cooper, who's six foot however however tall he is and yeah, a complete natural in the air. Yeah, you can't you can't just sort of do a long ball repeat. Um in the hope of getting something, but I think it's from what I remember, it was just a terrible game. Just neither team deserved yeah. a win, and you know, obviously, for it to be decided by an own goal is annoying. But that's football. It's in the past. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, uh, the last thing we'll do say, Dave, while we round up this podcast is we'll look ahead to the next fixture uh, game against Barnsley. Away at, at Oakwell. He said Turf Moor. I don't know why I said Turf Moor. Away <laughs> at Oakwell against Barnsley. Um, fifth in the table, Barnsley, which is shocking to read, but it was just like I, I went back to look at their form because their their form said they'd, they'd won uh, they'd won three of the last five games of drawing a loss. I went back to see how when their loss was before. Then it wasn't in, until like the beginning of January. The, the, the lost, they've lost once in 15 games so far recently, which is, tell you what, like that's it's a decent return, I thought. Yeah. They've, they've done really well getting up the table. Um, they are 11 points ahead of us now in the table. Obviously, they're in fifth. Um, do you think we've got any chance of beating them or do you think this is going to be a, uh, another loss for Borough or have you got a chance? Well, you've, first of all, you've got to give Valerian Ismail a huge credit because you know, obviously he's come in um replaced Gerhard Struber from a team who stayed up in the last minute, in the last day of last season. And obviously, you know, the the mindset they've got from being, you know, perennial strugglers to, you know, on the brink of the playoffs is you know, it's it's something else really. And I mean, I can't imagine that even, you know, the Bandy fans or the Bandy sort of bored when they appointed uh, the manager after Struber left would have thought, yeah. oh yeah, we're going to go, we're going to, you know, be a solid, solid contender for the playoffs and a team that people don't like playing against, you know, because, you know, you, you think of Bandy, you think, ah, you know, not, not a great side for us. Yeah. You know, the, because of how poor the division is, they'll probably stay up. So, I mean, in that note, you've got to give 
Valerian Ismail so much credit. Um, obviously, we played them side back in, I think it was October, which I think was incidentally Gerhard Struber's last game. And oh, yeah. that, that Barnsley we faced is, well, that Barnsley doesn't exist because it's a young, hungry, high-pressing, attacking Barnsley we're facing rather than the one that scraped relegation by the skin of the teeth. Um, it's obviously going to be a tough game. Um, they're, in, they're in a good mood. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we've, as I said, we've really not got anything to play for because, I, I mean, I think, I think we won't get the playoffs even if we won yeah. one of our last six games. So I think, I think Barnsley will probably, pro- probably turn us over. Um, and I'd like to see as I would like to see some people like Coburn giving a little bit of a cameo off the bench yeah, yeah. and just see what they're capable of because obviously Barnes is a good side so there's no harm giving him 10-15 minutes Yeah, um, but I do, think, I, do think, I do think we'll lose that's fair enough <laughs> like you say like, about the playoffs being over I, I, I definitely agree with you there I mean we're nine points away from sixth place at the moment and there's, and there's only 18 points left to play for in the six games so you'd have to look at We'd have to win all the games, and then you, you say the uh, team in sixth. Oh my! Well, team in sixth and seventh, they're gonna have to at least lose a few games as well. We've got, we've got four spaces to make up, so everybody ahead of us is gonna have to lose at least two games. The rest, right, rest of the season going on, so we can make up that gap. It's not gonna happen, really, is it? And yeah, like like you say, we give maybe give some young lads a chance, see what they can do. Like Hackney's probably gonna have to come in. To replace, I, it, well, Hackney may come in if we want to be more defensive in midfield instead of having uh, Coulson in there. So you think, right? So you, you might have a midfielder, midfield three of Savile, uh, House, and Hackney. See what, see how they do. Um, yeah. But speaking of Savile, you probably might want might want to rest Savile McNair if you can with Fry and Tav because they're obviously Fry and Tav coming off their uh, coming off their injuries, and then McNair's played. Did he play? Did he play every single game for Northern Ireland? I think in yeah, the, um, so three games in five days. Yeah, but, and then know, came obviously... back to play for us Friday ninety minutes and Monday ninety minutes. Then, so he's, he's yeah. an absolute trooper, the lad. Fair yeah. play. To him, I mean, then. you can't you can't fault him for that. But you know, oh, obviously, no. COVID times. Um, normally, you'd only play two internationals, but yeah, he played three. Um, so yeah, I mean, he's he's. If he if he does get rested, then it's fully deserved. Yeah, yeah, I think give it like let's let's just like let him him especially because he, although Fry's maybe more like integral to the team for keeping a clean sheet, he's like, we we have scored a lot fewer goals with the season won't we, without without his deliveries and stuff like that. So yeah. you just think right, let's just sit him down for a bit, like say Paddy, put your feet up, <laughs> like take yeah. this take the international break off maybe next time. Um, or just just let him give him a week off or something because he bloody needs it. Um, and then let's just say let's come back in uh, August or September next when next oh. season starts and let, let's have you firing on all cylinders for possibly a uh, playoff run. <laughs> yeah. Which is uh, yeah fair enough, I think. Um, you have anything, oh the only other thing I was going to add about Barnsley is that um, if uh, if we're going to be advising any betting. Uh, like any bets for this this game? I think uh, DK to score or Dyke. Uh, yeah. 
Like Double Dyke. Sky Sports said it was DK, not Dyke, but whatever. Um, said, said that he, uh, I think he's going to score. He's, he's he's a bit like, um, oh, what's that, Uche from Wickham. He's as big as him, but he's fast as anything. A great signing, like, that they're, they're like money ball strategy guys found out obviously like is a good value signing to get from from the MLS. He, he's going to score past us because like, just we've always struggled with big strong strikers and we always struggle with fast strikers. So to put two into one, I think we're going to struggle. <laughs> yeah, we'll see that happening. I, think, I think that's a fair assessment. So if, if you've got a quid to stick on that, if you've got a quid to stick on that after um, after the Grand National, <laughs> the money put on the Grand National, maybe do that. <laughs> see how that's that goes it. then. Well, it's a shame the Grand National's on after the game, so hopefully it wins they can have money to back horses with. Yeah, they got all oh, I'll just be sad on both occasions because Borough lose and then you lose money <laughs> on the Grand National. So it could be uh, a bummer on both occasions. But let's hope it doesn't happen. Let's hope Borough win. Keep our heads up. Yeah. Um, my prediction, uh, I'll go on. I've, I've just said something optimistic, so I'll continue to be optimistic. We'll, uh, we'll scrape a 1-0 win, I think. Scrape a 1-0 win and... Um, Let's say a Cabano free kick. I'm feeling. Don't know why. Just said Cabano free kick. Um, let's hope it happens. Uh, well, thanks very much for listening to this podcast, guys. That's everything from me and Alex uh, this time. Thanks very much for listening to the podcast. Uh, remember to rate rate it on uh, Apple Podcasts if that's where you're listening to it, or you've got Apple Podcasts, you've got Spotify to listen to us on. And make sure you're following all of our social media accounts: the Facebook, the Twitter, and the Instagram as well. All views from the Holgate uh, accounts. Get them followed. And thanks very much for listening to this podcast. We'll be back another one in two weeks' time, hopefully up to our full complimentary of three people when Mitch is back. Mitch has been working this week, putting in the graph, so hopefully we'll have him back next week to join me and Alex. But thanks very much for listening to this podcast, guys. Uh, And we'll see you next time. 